Why don't we turn that praise over to Jesus Christ right now? I'm so thankful and honored to be back at Apostolic Church here in Bellevue. I pray that next time isn't 10 years later, but I pray it's sooner that my wife and I and my wife is watching online. I love you, Natalie. I love you, Kyleas, so very much. My brother-in-law, who's in the military in Kentucky, he was gone for the weekend, and so my wife went there to help with her sister and her kids, and so she's traveling home, and I'm so excited to be home with her, but I'm excited to be in the house with each and every one of you all. I'm so excited. I see a few familiar faces from our Section 4 Youth Week. Sister Shayla, incredible worship leader, incredible music team anointed. Can we give them a hand? Thank you so much for leading us in worship. Been an incredible example. And then the pastor, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I learned today that you're friends with Brother Seche, who is a board of trustee member at Atlanta West Pentecostal Church, the church that I love so dearly. And Brother Seche is a great man, and he's not just close friends with a lot of people. So for you to be his friend, that speaks highly of you, and I honor you, your testimony, and what you're doing here in this city. One more time, can we honor the man of God in our life? Thank you so very much. If it wasn't for people like you, men of God, I would have no chance to be here. And then to Brother Poole, thank you so much for your hospitality. Thank you for your communication. Just an incredible man of excellence. I appreciate you. Can we also give it up to the rest of the ministry here? And I want to honor and thank three great friends of mine, Lincoln, Ethan, and Moot. Thank you so much for traveling with me this weekend. They were with me in Tennessee Friday night and Saturday, and then we drove in late last night. Thank you so much for being men of God, men of prayer. I value each of you. You all are anointed and incredible men of God, and I'm so excited to see what God does in your life. I'm so honored to be considered a friend. I do feel a strong word of God, and I, I'm thankful for the faith and the grace that's in the house. But before I preach, I want to bring up one of these young men to come and preach just for a moment. Moot is a junior, and he is going back to his home state of Iowa to become a licensed minister and to start a church. He's an incredible, humble man, but he is so very powerful. Uh, what I love about Moot is he is a leader amongst his peers. He isn't just another guy at the school, but people look to him as a leader. He is an incredible preacher. I'm so thankful and honored to be able to do life with you, to learn and grow together. So Moot, why don't you come up here and preach the word of God for a moment to us. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited to be here at Apostolic Church in Bellevue, Illinois with all of you. I'm from Iowa, so we're practically neighbors, neighbor states, and I'm, I'm so glad to have this opportunity. Pastor, thank you for allowing me this opportunity and all, all the uh, ministers here at this church, and I give God all the glory for where he's brought me in life and everything he's blessed me with in my life. And I just want to share with you just a, a short word for a moment. If you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 1. And we're going to begin in verse number 40. John 1, 40. Say amen if you're there. And it reads, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, 
we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is, being, which is by interpretation a stone. If we could just pray for a moment. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to share your word. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your house. I pray that your perfect will would be done in this place. I pray that you would touch every life, Lord, and every heart and every individual, Lord. That every person that have an opportunity, Lord Jesus, to be touched by you. To have an encounter, Lord Jesus, with you today, Lord Jesus. I pray you anoint, Lord, DJ, as he comes later and brings your word. And I thank you for your blessing in your hand, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we all say amen. You may be seated. Amen. There's this crazy man who lived in the wilderness. His diet consisted of locusts and wild honey, and he wore camel's fur. His name was John, and John preached Jesus. And there came a day in John's ministry that he was out in the wilderness with two young disciples, Andrew, the brother of Peter, and the other one was John the Beloved. And during this day, Jesus came walking by. And John, he stood up and he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And these two young disciples, you know, they felt a stirring in their hearts and they, they felt a stirring in their spirits. And they made up in their mind that I'm going to go after Jesus, that I'm going to follow Jesus. And so they got up from where they were and they began to follow Jesus. And so here is Jesus. He's walking and all of a sudden, he notices that there's two people behind him. And he, and he turns around and he asks this question, what do you want? And these two young disciples, they said, Lord or teacher, where dwellest thou? Teacher, where are you staying? Jesus, where's the crib at? And the, and the two disciples, and, and Jesus responded, and this is obviously before the days of stranger danger, because Jesus says, come and see and so they go to the place where Jesus is dwelling. And, but uh, Andrew, who we know as Andrew, the brother of Peter, he said, he, he, these disciples, they're excited that they get to follow Jesus. This is exciting news. And for, he first goes and he tells his brother, Simon, son of Jonah, he tells him, Simon, Simon, you won't believe this. We found the Messiah. We found the Christ. And so uh, he takes his brother Peter and they go back to the place where Jesus is at. And as soon as Jesus turns and he sees Simon, he says, you're Simon. I'm going to call you Stone. It's true. Look it up. <laughs> he says, you're Simon, but I'm going to call you Stone. I'm going to call you in Aramaic, Cephas. In Greek, we get the name Peter. In Espanol, Roca. In English, Stone. I love Google Translate. I believe that it's at this moment that we see two destinies laid before Peter. Because his name originally is Simon, son of Jonah. His name is Jonah. From birth, he carried the name Jonah. From his father, he has the name Jonah. And, and Jonah is the prophet that ran from his calling. Jonah was the prophet that was called by God. And he hopped in a ship and he ran the other way. Jonah was the most reluctant prophet. But Jesus looked at Peter and he called him stone he saw something more in peter all the world saw was an unlearned fisherman but but jesus his heavenly father saw something more 
Can I tell you that this world might have looked at you and called you broken, but God's looking at you and he's calling you blessed. And the world might have looked at you and called you worthless, but Jesus is looking at you and he's calling you worthy. And the world might have called you a coward, but Jesus is calling you courageous. And the world might have called you damaged, but Jesus is calling you destined. Hallelujah, Jesus. All the world saw when they looked at Peter was an unlearned fisherman by the name of Jonah. But Jesus saw something more. Jesus saw a stone. Jesus saw a committed disciple. Jesus saw a man who would stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach, repent, and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Jesus saw a disciple who would be faithful even unto death. And Peter was not that man yet. But in his process of following Jesus, in his process of walking with Jesus, in his process of going after Jesus, Peter would become the person that Jesus first saw when they came to the place he was staying. If you all can stand with me. And as we go back into a time of worship, if you've been baptized in the name of, or not worship, my bad, Brother Hill's going to call. But if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, I believe that. You, you've been given a new name. You've been given a new identity. You've been called to walk according to this new name. You don't have to live in that old way of life no longer, but Jesus has given you a new name, a new identity. And I believe he's wanting to put his name on every person in here. I just want to say a prayer over everyone. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this opportunity to be here at Apostolic Church. I thank you for the opportunity to meet these people and minister, Lord Jesus, your word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would realize, Lord, that you're calling them by name. Every person in this room, you're calling by name. You're calling to a new identity, to a new way of life, to a new walk, Lord Jesus. And I pray that they make up in their mind that I'm going to follow Jesus, that I'm going to go after Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, why don't you accept that word right now and get that new name. I got a new name written down in glory. I know I might have been broken in the past, but today I'm going to be healed. I know I came in here with some struggles in my family or in my finances, but today I'm destined that I'm going to be healed. I just made up my mind. This isn't just another ordinary Sunday. I'm going to leave changed by the power of the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I just believe it, that God's going to do something powerful in your life today. You can make up your mind to come to an altar in a moment and have your life forever changed. You might have come in here with habits and addictions, but you can leave delivered in the name of Jesus. You might have come in here broken, but you can be saved. Your sins can be forgiven through repentance and the washing away of water, baptism in the mighty name of Jesus. Today, you can be filled with that power of the Holy Ghost today. I believe it, Brother Moot. Someone's going to receive a new identity. If you would turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 24. Brother Sabolchi, one more time, thank you so much. It's so cool. Ten years ago, ten years ago I was here. Who knows where Brother Moot, Brother Ethan, and Brother Lincoln are going to be because you allow young people and young ministers opportunities to learn. So thank you so much. Thank you so very much. John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, someone say Thomas. One of the 12, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. 
Last week we celebrated Jesus resurrecting. The women saw him first. They went to the disciples. The disciples got to see Jesus. But Thomas missed church that day. Now, I know most of us didn't miss Easter last week. If we're going to go to church, we're going to go at least to Easter. So this is the, this is the saints right here because y'all are here the Sunday after Easter. But Thomas missed church that day. Verse 25, the other disciples told him, man, you got to be at church, pastor, because you don't know what's going to happen. You might be tired, but you need to be at church. The blues might not match, and you might not just want to roll out of bed, but you need to be at church because anything can happen when you're in the presence of God because where two or three are gathered together, when we're at church, something happens. And so they said, we saw Jesus. We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said unto them, except I shall see his hands, the prints of the nails, and put my finger in the prints of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. See, I miss church. And though you talk about the power that happened there, I want to see it for myself. Someone say, I want to see it for myself. And so after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas showed up to church that day. See, you might not be where you're supposed to be in your relationship with God, but you're here in the house of God today. I know last year you might have messed up. Last last week you might have missed church, but you're in the house of God today. You might have made a lot of mistakes before you walked in the house, but you're in the house of God today. The past is in the past, and you're here today, and you can be made new today. And Thomas was there. Then came Jesus. The doors were shut, and he stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you, because Thomas was there. So Thomas said, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but be believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Thomas, Brother Moot, got a new identity because he was in the house of God today. Now, whatever happened yesterday, but today you're here. And I want to let you know, I want you to walk out of these doors when you're going to go wherever you're eating or you're going to go back home. I want you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that hope is in the house. Look to your neighbor and say, hope is in the house. Look at someone else and say, hope is in the house. Amen. You may be seated. Reminded of a story of this little bitty bird named Chippy the parakeet. Everyone say Chippy. And Pastor Sabolchi, Chippy was one day singing on its perch in its cage, and the owner decided it was time to clean the cage. And so she took a vacuum cleaner, and she started to vacuum out the bottom of the cage. He's saying, oh, you don't even know where the story's going. Look at him. They done read my notes. And around that time, the owner received a phone call. And she looked around, and she grabbed the phone, and when she turned back, (laughs) Chippy the parakeet was sucked into that vacuum cleaner. She quickly said, I got to call you back. Chippy disappeared. She opened the vacuum cleaner bag, cut open that bag, and there in the midst of all that dust and hair and all that stuff, Chippy the parakeet lays gray, startled. And so she grabs Chippy the parakeet out of the vacuum bag takes them over to the sink, turns on the cold water, and starts to rinse them off. Well, in the middle of that, she realized Chippy is shaking because it's freezing cold water. And so 
Not only has Chippy been sucked up by a vacuum cleaner, now he's freezing cold. And so she does the next reasonable thing for a bird owner. She grabs the hair dryer. And so she starts to hair dry Chippy off. And then all of a sudden she realizes that the hair dryer is really hot. And Chippy was not very happy. She got him cleaned off eventually, put Chippy back in his cage. A few days later, her friend called her and said, hey, how's Chippy been going? I know Chippy went through a lot the last few days. She said, you know, Chippy doesn't really sing much anymore. He just kind of sits there. <laughs> Chippy lost his song. And though it's a funny story, that's too many times what happens in our life. How we have this great dream and this great idea of what it's going to be like to live for God, but then all of a sudden a crisis of faith happens and we feel like we've been sucked up by life. We've been washed up and we've been just blown over and we come into the house of God and his presence is moving, but yet we still have doubt. Can God really do it for me? Preacher is preaching about a new identity, but can God really do it for me? Can God really help me in my finances? I know he's a provider for them, but can he be a provider for me? I know he's a forgiver but you don't know my sins. Can he really forgive me? I know he's a healer, but he doesn't know what the doctor and the nurse told me. I know he's a, a redeemer, but can God really put my family back together? We're, we've been just broken for so long, but I've come to preach a very clear and simple message today that there is hope in the house. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter how long you've been gone from the house of God, Thomas. You are here today and anything can happen. Fear has to bow. Change have to break. Addiction has to leave. Your family's going to be changed forever by the mighty power of the name of Jesus. You don't have to walk out of here just sitting there. You can get your song back. You can get your joy back. You can leave with peace that passes all understanding. Joy that's everlasting. Hope in an eternal father that's going to take care of you. I know there's been some losses. I know the world's gone crazy. I know it seems hopeless. But you can get your song back today because hope is in the house. It's true. Just look it up. Hope is in the house. You just got to believe it. Hope is in the house. Hebrews 11.1 1 says without faith. Hebrews 11.6 says without faith. Someone say faith. We realize what faith is in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And without this thing called faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is, that there is only one God and his name is Jesus. Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. When you have his identity right, Brother Moot, then you can have your identity right. When you realize that he loves all the birds, but he also loves you and cares about you. When you realize that he is Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus loves you. It's impossible to please God without this word called faith. But when you have faith in who he is, and that you realize he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You can receive that reward today because there is hope in the house. Hebrews 11 is this chapter that we talk about the hall of faith, kind of like the hall of fame of different men and women of God that was like Chippy the parakeet, that life just threw them a curveball. And life seemed so hard, but yet they had this thing called faith, and they found hope in the house. 
We read about Noah that was building this boat to save him and his family for over 100 years, and everybody laughed and everybody mocked because surely it's not going to happen. He had a word from God, but as time went on, people started doubting him. But him and his family were saved because he had this thing called faith. Someone say faith. We read about Abraham who didn't know where he was going. He was just trying to follow after the voice and the word of the Lord. And people said, man, you're crazy. Why are you leaving this land? Why are you going to the mountain? It's the hard road. But because he had this thing called faith, his life was ultimately changed, and he received a son of promise. Sarah was of an old age, and there was no way she was going to receive the word of God and the promise of having a child. But because she had this thing called faith and she kept trusting in God, all of a sudden she conceived and had a son of promise. You hear about Rahab, who was a woman of ill repute, and she lived a horrible lifestyle, but she had this thing called faith, and everything changed in her situation. She became the great-great-grandmother of Jesus Christ himself, because if you have this thing called faith, it doesn't matter your hiccups and hang-ups. It doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter what you're going through. If you have this thing called faith, then you can interact with the hope that is in the house. But this time, was different because Thomas missed out on going to church. Man, wisdom in the word on Wednesdays. If waffles and chicken is not enough to get you to church, I think wisdom in the word is enough because you need to be here every chance you get. You shouldn't put extracurricular activities or school activities or anything else above church when you're faithful to church and you put God first, God is going to bless you and reward you for that. Amen. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. But Thomas, Thomas missed church. Brother Poole, Thomas missed the miraculous. He had this thing called faith. He was there when Jesus split loaves and fish and fed over 5,000 men, not including women and children. He was there in the storm when he felt like everything was over, and then Jesus spoke to the storm, peace, be still. He was there when blinded eyes were open. He was there when lame people started to walk. He was there when deaf ears were unlocked. But now this time was different because Jesus was crucified. So what happens in your life when you're doing your best to be faithful in the house of God? When you're serving in ministry and then a crisis of faith happens? What happens when you feel like you're all alone? Who do you turn to? Do you go back to the house or do you run from the presence of the Lord? Today, you need to realize that there is hope in the house for you. He was there when he had these great miracles. And oftentimes we call him Doubting Thomas. How many of y'all have ever said Doubting Thomas or heard someone say that? But is he really doubting Thomas? Because in John chapter 11, verse 16, he's talking to the other disciples when they're talking about going to see Lazarus as he's dead. And he tells Jesus, let's go so we can die also. Because he's fearless. But this time is different. You've gone through a lot. You have a great resume of times God has healed your body or people around you. Where God's provided for you. Where God's been there for you. But I felt in prayer that this time for people in this house, it's different. It's not just the loneliness from being isolated from COVID. It's not just the effects of war and the rumors of war from Ukraine and Russia and all that's going on. It's not just the financial crisis in the market. It's not just what you see on the news all the time. But this time, it's different. For people that have lived for God and been a part of miracles, for people that have served in the church, Pastor, this time just feels different. 
this loss hurts deeper. This brokenness doesn't feel like the pieces can be put back together. This time, it's just a little different. In Thomas, in John chapter 20, Thomas is there, and he missed out on Jesus. He missed out. And the disciples are saying, look at what God is doing in my life. Have you ever been there when it feels like God is blessing everybody else but you? Have you ever been there when this person gets a new car and your dishwasher is leaking at the house? You ever been there when this person is posting pictures about the places they're eating and you're on the 15-cent ramen noodle still? And you just feel like God has forgotten about you. Let's just be honest here. You see everybody else getting the miracle, but then you look at your life and you go home to brokenness and you're like, God, what's going on with me? We better not believe the prosperity gospel that if we live for God, everything's going to be okay because it rains on the just and the unjust. But we also better remember, though sometimes it does rain, God is our covering and he can be our umbrella and protect us from the storms of our life. That he's not going to put more on you than what you can bear. But for this time, it's different. Because Thomas, with his friends, he sees them being blessed. But he's struggling. And he's wrestling with the loss. He's wrestling with the pain of his past. He's wrestling with guilt and shame. He's wrestling with the regret. The words and deeds of what others have said and done to him since he was a little person is echoing just like it is right now to you. And God's moving in the place. And you and I can even lift our hands. We can even worship. We can go and even pray with somebody else. But there's that little part that we say, God, I want you to really show me before I really just be vulnerable and open up to you. Verse 25, the other disciples said, we have seen the Lord, these miracle signs and wonders, they're true. And he said, except I shall see it, I will not believe it. But then he showed up today, and there was hope in the house. And Jesus walked in the room and said, look at the nail prints on my hands. Look at my side. And Thomas believed. Verse 28 and Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Jesus said back to him, Thomas, because you have seen me and you have believed, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. You're blessed. And in many other signs truly did Jesus do in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you, that you might believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that you might believe that you might have life through his name. Because in all the stories of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, David and Samson and Gideon and Esther and Ruth, and all those stories, God wanted to put the story of Thomas in our Bible so that we can realize sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we have to pray, God, help my unbelief. And that's okay because God's not scared of your doubt because anytime there's doubt, there's just an opportunity for him to show up and show you his glory. Because you're in the house today, and there is hope in the house. It reminds me of Sister Tovar in Dallas, Texas. Sister Tovar had arthritis, and God was doing great things in the church at that time. Miracles were happening. Her thumb was pretty much in like this. 
She couldn't really move it. And there was a call for healings. And she went up. And she said, I, I want to be healed. And I was standing right there next to my best friend, Cullen, who prayed for Sister Tovar. He put his hands like this, and she put his hands in. And I saw with my eyes her thumb go back out, and she had full range. And we shouted in worship because she was in the house on that day. Now, I know she went through a lot having to live with arthritis, but that day, because she was there, something happened. But she wasn't satisfied just that day because she said, if God can heal my hand, what about my knees? And this is an older woman, not like you. You're a young lady still. No, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. You're a young lady. Come on now. I was born at night. It wasn't last night. And there was an older woman, way older than you, way older. And she said, if God can heal my hand, what about my knees? And so this older woman went on the steps. Well, we believe God, but what about testing God and seeing if we're really going to be healed? Well, God can heal my pain. Why not test it? And so she went up the steps, and she said, oh, I feel good. So she went down the steps, and she went up the steps, and she went down the steps, and the place went crazy, all because she was in the house on that day. Now, she went through a lot of pain in the past, but on that day, she was healed by the power of God. It reminds me of this young guy, Judah, because God doesn't just care about the older people. He cares about you younger people, too. <laughs> Judah's about eight years old. His younger sister received the Holy Ghost. You know how we are with guys. We're competitive. Oh, yeah. You don't be amening too much now. Come on. And his younger sister received the Holy Ghost, and he was, he was getting a little frustrated because everybody else was getting the blessing. But what about me? So Judah started to doubt God. I was doing Bible studies with Judah and starting to spend time with Judah. We would have beef and bean burritos at his house, and me and Tessa and John Turner, his parents, we would spend time together, and we was just helping Judah. But then one day, Judah was in the house. Now, I know in the past what happened for everybody else, but that day, Judah had just enough faith mixed with enough doubt. He came to the altar. It wasn't different than normal. And I said, Judah, do you want to receive the Holy Ghost? He said, yeah. Do you believe you can get it? Well, the Bible says it, but like, you know, I don't know. Well, Judah, why not we just pray right now? It's okay to have doubt, Judah. And so we prayed, and Judah on that day received the gift of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of speaking in an unlearned language as God gave the ability. But it didn't just stop there on that day. That summer, Judah went to junior camp, and there was a security guard. We hire an officer just to keep the campground safe, probably to keep the, the staff safe from the little kids running around the whole time. And that, that, that security guard just comes in the building, makes sure everything's okay, and then he drives his cop car around the grounds and makes sure everything's good. Well, he just walked into the church. Judah, a young kid during the altar call, sees the police officer come in the back, goes back there and says, do you want to receive the Holy Ghost? Police officer's trying to figure out what he's even talking about. Judah, this little eight-year-old, gives a brief Bible study. That police officer comes to the front with all these little kids like steak in a piranha tank, and they start laying hands on him, and Judah prays this police officer through to the gift of the Holy Ghost. A couple years ago, that police officer started preaching behind a pulpit, 
and he started becoming an evangelist. Why? All because Judah was in the house that day. I know it happened for everybody else before, but you know it can happen for you today because hope is in the house. So all you have to do is mix that doubt that you have with just a little bit of faith the size of a mustard seed and watch what can happen in your life. Jesus can heal you today. Jesus can save you today. Jesus can redeem you today. Jesus can deliver you today. He can put your family back together because hope is in the house. You're not living a crazy life. You're not out there being one of the crazy people. You're in the house of God, Thomas. But yet it feels like everybody else is getting the miracle, Sister Sue. But today the miracle is here for you. Today there's hope for you. Today there's hope for you. You've been struggling for months, broken with regret and shame, and there's nothing to be ashamed about. Jesus loves you. Romans 3.23 says, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Romans 5.8, he's here for you. Can we pray for this lady right now? In the name of Jesus, I pray for mercy and grace for her. I pray that she doesn't have any shame because she is your daughter and you care so much about her. I pray that she can realize in a moment everything can change. There is hope in the house for her, God. I pray that she realizes that you see every tear and you hear every word. And she's here today have her life changed. I said, Dodge, I know it's hard. You're doing your best, but God's going to make the most of your efforts. God's going to bless you today. He's going to confirm some things and affirm some things. He's going to bring clarity to what's been going on. Can we pray for him right now in the name of Jesus? I pray for hope. God, he's doing his best. He's fighting the good fight, but he feels like every step forward is just getting him pushed two steps back. But I pray today that he can get that new identity that was preached about, that everything can change in a moment. They can have hope today because you're in the house. Hope is in the house, God. God, regardless of everybody else getting a blessing, God, he's going to receive a word today. He's going to receive a blessing today. He's going to have his life changed today. Come on, mama. I know it's hard. Come on, Daddy, I know it's hard. Hope is in the house. Don't you feel it rising right now? Don't you feel hope in your situation? You've been struggling for a long time, but there is hope in your life today. There is hope in your future today. Let's raise our hands and pray towards this lady right here. God, I pray for financial prosperity, not God just for her, but so she can give back to others. God, I pray that you can provide in her life right now. I pray blessings and favor over her right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. hope for you you've been bound you've been broken it's been hard but there's hope for you today Jesus is here I know the past has been crazy but Jesus is here for you people all across the house have tears swelling up in their eyes because there's hope in the house and I'm going to invite you in a moment to this altar we're going to gather as a church family, not being ashamed or pointed fingers because there's nothing wrong with Thomas. Thomas just 10 chapters before said, hey, I'm ready to go and die with you. But this time was different. 
And God put that in his divine inspired word so that you and I can realize there might be times we doubt, but God, help my unbelief. There might be times I feel like Chippy the Parakeet. Life has just thrown me down, but I'm going to get my song back today. I'm going to get my joy back today. If that's you, why don't you make your way to this altar right now? If you're tired of just going through the motions, if you're tired of just going and seeing everybody else get a blessing and you want your identity changed, why don't you make your way to this altar right now? Come on, hope is in the house. Healing is in the house. Restoration is in the house. You can lay aside every weight and sin that's going to easily slow you down and you can get a hold of God today. Come on, God can forgive you no matter your mistakes. All you got to do is have just a little bit of faith mixed with that doubt. And Thomas, something incredible is going to happen in your life. That's it. You can come with tears in your eyes. You're victorious. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come can separate you from the love of God. If God be for you, then who can be against you? What shall we say to these things? God is for you. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else is going to be taken care of. All things work together for the good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Joshua 1.5 announces, he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. There is hope in the house. There is hope in the house. Let those tears flow and get your blessing right now. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want to see you. God, I can't leave the same way I came. I need you, Jesus. Give me your hope. Give me your hope, Jesus.